It was a day. I just blows my mind when I go back and look at the calendar and I just look at all the different things that happened. And today was the day the 12 spies were sent in to the promised land. Now, I told you that we had, of course, the giants, the Nephilim. There was war in heaven and a third of the angels and their leader was cast to earth. So somehow they were able to mix with women and have children who were giants. It's in Genesis 6. Everyone but Noah and his family were killed in that flood including all the giants. So, 500 years later, Israel's on the border of the promised land, and we have this from over and over and over from every direction, saying there's giants in the land, not just a few. Everyone here, they're giants. The tribes everywhere, they're giants. So, Moses actually called Bashan up near, well, basically the whole east side of the Jordan, all the way up to the country of Jordan, is Bashan, and that is called the land of the giants in the Bible. One of my favorite places, actually, to visit. It's uh, Golan Heights, if you're familiar with that now. So Joshua and Caleb conquered many tribes of giants. Moses led them to conquer Moab and, and Og. But where do these new tribes of giants come from, and how do they end up in Canaan? What in the world? So here's the deal. Told you about Noah, so let's go back to Noah's time first. Noah found grace in the eyes of Jehovah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God, and Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. Only Noah stood out, and he had three sons. That's what we know. So God sent the flood, destroyed everyone, man, and giants. They lived. That is Noah and his family. Now, the sons of Noah who went out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And Ham was the father of Canaan. All right, pause for just a second. That's a weird thing to say. And Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah. Now, I don't know if my math or it's your math, but somebody's math is a little off. If you got Noah and Shem, Ham, and Japheth, Ham was the father of Canaan. These were the sons of Noah. There's too many people in there. And Noah began to be a farmer, and he planted a vineyard. Then he drank of the wine and was drunk and became uncovered in his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. But Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both shoulders, went backward and covered the nakedness of the father. Their faces were turned away and they did not see their father's nakedness. So Noah awoke from his wine, knew what his younger son had done to him. Then he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants, he shall be to his brethren. All right, that's the story in English. And I got to tell you, there's sometimes, I, I do give the translators a bit of a brushing. I, I get frustrated <laughs> with some translations. But in this case, they're trying to be true in all the idioms and everything. But unfortunately, that is just nearly impossible to understand unless you study that in Hebrew and go back to the idioms and understand what in the world they're saying and compare it with the other scriptures because it just doesn't make any sense. You get the exact opposite idea of what's actually going on by reading that story. Now, either way, even the true one, is a bizarre story. Almost impossible to understand in English. This is a horrible story, so I'm just going to try to skate gingerly over it, all right, because that's just how I prefer it. So I don't want to be overt, so focus for me for a minute, if you will. So the world was wicked, not worth saving, except for Noah. But God also saved his wife and kids who had lived in that wickedness for about 100 years. All the kids had endured that. One of his sons, Ham, had really soaked up that wickedness. The flood ended, Noah planted a vineyard. They exited the ark around the season of Passover. Uh, He made wine, which means the harvest season is around Pentecost when the fruit is ready. And it takes a few weeks to ferment. So we're talking where we're at right now, middle of summer, very hot. 
In English, it sounds like Noah got drunk and was naked in his tent, woke up, and he curses his son Ham's unborn son, his future grandson Canaan. Uh, you know what? That doesn't make any sense. Now, the key phrases here are, and became uncovered, and saw the nakedness of his father. Now, here's your your key to understanding it. We're going to go, the same guy wrote it, Moses, Leviticus 2011. The man who lies with his father's wife has uncovered his father's nakedness. That's an idiom throughout the scriptures. I don't know why they say it that way. That's just the way, and Moses wrote it all, so that's the deal. The man who lies with his father's wife has uncovered his father's nakedness. It doesn't mean that guys doesn't have any clothes on. It means something much worse. Elsewhere in Leviticus 18, it says, The nakedness of your father's wife you shall not uncover. It is your father's nakedness. All right? Now, you got to do the work here, because I'm going to try to skate over this gingerly. And a second issue from Habakkuk 2. Woe to him who gives drink to his neighbor, pressing him to your bottle, even to make him drunk, that you may look on his nakedness. All right. So, looking on and uncovering nakedness are common idioms throughout the scriptures of the Torah that Moses wrote. And what he's saying here is Ham has violated his mother, and there's a baby on the way as a result. So, Noah's wife is the one who will bear her son's child, Canaan. I mean, that's as horrible as you're going to get. So, if we said this in English, we would explain it that way. And then we would say that Noah's wife needed to be covered up. So, she was the one that was uh, needing to be clothed. And secondly, it's probably saying that Ham got his father drunk to commit this abomination. Now, there's more. It's subtle. But if you notice, as I drew your attention to it when we first started, Canaan is listed in the primary lineage of Noah but repeatedly says Ham is the father. It's not how lineages work, right? Unless something really goes wrong. Now, the sons of Noah who went out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of Canaan. Mm, okay. So this wording stands out because Shem, Ham, and Japheth had many sons. But only Canaan is mentioned in this way. So something's different there. And Ham told Shem and Japheth what he'd done, possibly to brag. But they, of course, did everything they could to stop what happened there. Instead of being part of the debauchery. And, of course, Noah sobers up. He's told what his younger son had done. And after he learned of the pregnancy, pronounces a curse on Ham's lineage, specifically that child that would be born named Canaan. And just like before the flood, the giants are about to make a big return. And, of course, we pretty well know where where it all happens because we, we see it laid out for us there. His name is Canaan, and he is the, the father, if you will, of the Canaanites. We know the ark landed in the mountains of what today is called Turkey. The table of nations in Genesis 10, if you just kind of kind of see how the world got to be where it was, tells us a lot. It says that Ham and Canaan went south settled in the land that would be called Canaan. <laughs> they also settled Egypt and Upper Africa. So they're hammed in a lot of the farther south. And Canaan's grandson is Nimrod. He mm. began to be a mighty one on the earth. He was a mighty hunter. Uh, those phrases we've heard before, right? <laughs> they talked about the Nephilim. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel. We call mm. that Babylon. And the Tower of Babel. So, so from that land, he went to Assyria. Think, remember Assyria, and built Nineveh. <laughs> All the great places, the people that loved God, and it also <laughs> lists the Philistines in his lineage. So, you know, you kind of get the idea here. Canaan begot Sidon, 
the city on northern shore of Israel, his firstborn, and Heth, who is the Hittites, the Jebusites, the ones that end up taking over Jerusalem, and David beats. The Amorites, they're called towering figures whose height was like the height of the cedars, was strong as the oaks, they're giants. And the Girgashites, the Hivites, that's where Jezebel would come from. That's basically Syria, and lots of other heights. The border of the Canaanites was from Sidon, as far as Gaza, so the entire shoreline. Then you go towards Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> what a bunch of families. Wouldn't you love to be at that reunion? As far as <laughs> Elisha, the, the lands east of the Jordan River. So it's Moab, it's Bashan, it's all this land, all the way to Babylon or Iran, all right? This is the land of Canaan. Notice all the countries who perpetually conquered and or enslaved Israel, Assyria, Babylon, and Egypt. Now remember the curse? Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants, he shall be to his brethren. Abraham was alive not long after Noah. So almost immediately God sends him to claim most of the land that Canaan is settling. So he actually stays with that curse almost immediately. So there's so much to talk about. And uh, that's just kind of beginning. But we, we I want to continue the journey to talk about the Canaanites. Because we're talking about the spies going into the land and what they're facing. And we want to realize, we want to be able to walk in these sandals and realize what it is we're facing and the reality of this place. 